Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. And Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. So head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. And remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. War Eagle, everyone. Welcome to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis. He's Jason Campbell. Y'all already knew that. We're excited that you have joined us. Been a couple weeks. Apologies, but. It's bowl season, it's recruiting season, it's transfer portal season, it's the holidays, it's chaos, and we're doing the best we can, so we welcome you in. We're excited to uh, catch up a little bit on what's been going on around this Auburn program. It's clearly uh, not no rest for the weary right now. It is all hands on deck as college football is in probably its craziest month of the year with how much is happening at the same time, and honestly, it's it's probably going to have to change and and have some direction put on it in years to come because it really seems like all coaches are kind of looking at each other like how the heck are we expected to do all of this at the same time so plenty to talk about and obviously jcam is uh well equipped to add in on what all is going on around auburn so i love hearing it from your perspective though as someone who played at such a high level played for auburn but the nature of college football is like night and day different. And you're getting to be, you know, privy to a lot of how all of this is. Have you thought about what this would be like if this is how the culture was when you played? Oh, yes. We talk about it all the time. Uh, a lot of the guys I played with uh, back in Auburn, yeah. um, you know, Lack and Ronnie and, you know, some of the Marcus McNeils and guys, we always say, <laughs> would NIL have changed us to the way that we wouldn't have had the team that we had in 04? I love because that question. The team, yeah, because the team we had in 04 didn't just come together all in that one season. It was a building block, you know, yeah. where a couple of seasons before you kind of go through some some good times and then you had a little bit of a roller coaster at one season and then all of a sudden you bring it all together and you end up with an undefeated season because you've gone through the toughest of times together. You've gone totally. through some – you know, so some different adversity uh, that you have to face sometimes. And my thing now with these kids is, you know, yes, you can make good money NIL-wise and everything, but are you running from adversity every time it strikes? Mm-hmm. You know, because grass is not always green on the other side. You always hear this this motto that's always said that, you know, why leave 80% for 20%? And then once, you, once you're at that other spot, you realize what you had, but you can't go back to it. You know, so I I just wonder from a from a society standpoint, I get it that kids can transfer and get the one transfer. But my thing is when it's multiple transfers, like Mm -hmm. when you're doing it three times, four times, like that's when it starts, I think, become an issue. Because now are you chasing down, you know, money? Are you chasing down? Are you running from adversity? Are you running from competition? That's the sure. other thing. A lot of these guys don't want to compete anymore. They want you to hand them out the starting job, and if they don't, if they you don't hand it to them, they're in the transfer portal. Right. You know. So I don't. I don't. That's the toughest part about this because 
a lot of who I am today is because of the tough times, the adversity, the, you know, the, the brothership. I mean, the brotherhood that I built with my teammates, like yeah. the reason we we're able to have a group test with 20 to 25 people on it. It's because of the relationships where exactly. I don't think these guys are going to have that because they're not together long enough to even build continuity or even build chemistry with each other. So yeah. I am a little bit afraid of where college football is headed. Mm -hmm. um, like I say, it's not about the NIL perspective. I think they will find a way to put parameters around it. But my thing is the whole transfer thing. I get it. Your one transfer, something's not working out. Okay, let me leave. But it's mm -hmm. the multiple transfers. Yeah, which I don't understand it. I'm seeing these guys in the portal. I'm like, you just had a good year. You just transferred to that school. You leaving again? That's where it, it kind of you know scratches your head a little bit. Yeah, it's just it is. It's kind of a, a tangled web right now. And I think a lot of coaches, Hugh Freeze in particular, has spoken out about the need for first. I, the schedule is crap, honestly. I mean, like for how much that goes into December when season's not over yet, it's insane to me. You were expecting these coaches to be simultaneously recruiting high school for early signing period, managing your current roster to try and keep them there. The transfer portal window opened for the winter period. And most of them are still preparing for another game, which we all claim we want to keep bowl games and make bowls matter. But you're expecting these coaches to be doing all of this at the same time and do it at a high level. It's unrealistic. It, it honestly makes no sense the way the schedule is structured right now. And keep in mind, this time next year, 12 coaches are going to be doing all of that while preparing for a playoff game. Yeah, you make great points, Taylor. My whole thing with this is the coaches not only have to recruit new recruits and transfer portal guys, they got to recruit their own guys. Their current so, guys. So it's 80 some guys is already on your roster, plus the 20 something that you're trying to sign in high school, plus the eight to 10 that you're trying to get in the transfer portal. And then you're trying to have bowl practice in the middle of it. And then the other, other part of it is will the NCA get to the point where they say, hey, do, should we move up the bowl game so the transfer period can happen after the bowl games are over with? Because what's yeah. happening is we're playing in these bowl games and it's not even the same teams that played in the fall. Like you got Georgia and Florida State. That's not the same Georgia and Florida State teams that's going to be facing each other when nope. they play, uh, play <laughs> when they play. Like all these teams are that way. Kids are leaving, quarterbacks are transferring. So it's not even the same roster. It's basically like I was saying before we came on the air. Is spring football for bowl games. Yeah. It's like, that's all it is. You're just playing a live spring game against each other right now in bowl games, except for the playoff period. So maybe so when the playoffs good. start next year, they move everything up and then the transfer portal can start because it has to start in a window for kids to visit and then be able to uh, start school uh, soon after the, the new year. I do think there's also a, a discrepancy in resources made available to respective programs that goes for NIL. That also goes for support staff. Like you can guess which programs in the SEC have 50 million assistants in that room to take some of the load off the head coach and which ones don't because they're trying to have enough money to compete to get players in there. So now you've got a head coach and two coordinators that are on the road recruiting, game planning for the – like it's madness right now, y'all, and honestly it's not sustainable. So if we care about the product and we care about college football, we've got to have some stuff figured out. I saw – I think it was Chip Kelly saying – 
college football needs a commissioner. And if that means they break away from the NCAA, so be it. But the current structure and the current business model, while still operating under an entity that is student athlete focused, it's apples and oranges right now. Like we are claiming to be one thing and then operating as something completely different. And when people ask for, for help or any kind of guidance or even distribution, no one knows how to even allocate that because there's not really a governing body that can do all of that. So it, it is all madness. And what's interesting, you know, right now I'm in the thick of, of my bowl uh, work. I had the new Orleans bowl this past weekend and I have the Birmingham bowl this upcoming weekend it is up to the coaches and and program how they handle guys that are transferring. Like this past weekend in the New Orleans Bowl, Jacksonville State's rule was if you are in the portal, that's fine. You're not playing in this bowl game. You are you have made your decision and you are no longer part of it. Conversely, this week, Duke is allowing their transfers to play in this bowl game if they want to. So I've got a running back I'm covering this week that will be playing for Duke. And he has already said he's going to NC State next year. So it is like, y'all, like what commitment level, team, all of it is just, it's, it is in absolute flux right now. You're going to, it's going to get to a point too, where you don't, you, we're going to start missing out on some really great rivalries because guys are going to transfer from one rival school to your school or from your school to the rival school. Right. You know, so it's just going to become a lot, uh, I kind of liked it back in the day how it was a little bit where if a kid transferred, they would have to couldn't go within the conference. Yeah. You know, like you would mm -hmm. have to go outside the conference because what happens is the reason college football is college football is because of the rival games and because of the competitiveness edge, you know, that you have. And you you're slowly and surely we're losing that step by step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what true allegiance do you have to a program if by the time your college career is done, you were a part of three? Like, which one really is the one that your heart was tied to? You know, it was always it was always business. And that's that's the very thing that we all said at the beginning of all of this is what we did not want to happen to college football was that it became first and foremost a business. Now, what I do think college football will never lose is the pageantry around it. I think that the fandom, the experience, all of that isn't going to change, but if we don't put some restrictions and caps and schedule adjustments on all of this, then it will get to a point where the product suffers. And I don't think we're uh, alone in saying that, but for Auburn, as this coaching staff is in the midst of all of the things that we just talked about, we do have some news uh, around what all is happening. Obviously today is signing day. The early signing period has begun and the new, class of Auburn football is uh, really shaping up nicely. And we'll get to that in a second. But a few current guys have announced their decision. Some disappointing, some expected, some good. So we'll hit on all of them. Let's start with uh, guys that have opted or have announced that they will be declaring for the draft and will not be playing in the bowl game. Again, the Tigers will be playing in the Music City Bowl against Maryland. DJ James, Marcus Harris, and Nehemiah Pritchett have all announced that decision. Uh, disappointing, and certainly I, I was I was kind of hoping Marcus Harris was going to stick around. I, I really thought, I mean, I know he had a great year, but I really kind of thought one more in college football at this level, especially given the traction he was gaining as season went on, he became one of our absolute depended on guys, and he was such a havoc. 
But that wasn't always the case. And honestly, he wasn't really a big talked about guy to start the season. So I really was hoping he was going to stick around one more year. DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett, that was going to happen. Jalen Simpson has announced that he will be declaring for the draft, but is planning to play in the bowl game. Same thing for Zion Puckett. He has declared for the draft, but will be playing in the bowl game. Any of those uh, surprise you? Uh, Obviously, everyone has to make their own decision. We're not judging, but were you surprised by any of those? Yeah, I'm surprised that all of them decided not to play in a bowl game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, the reason I say that is because I only wouldn't play in a bowl game if I projected a high round draft pick. And, you mean like Derek Brown, who did play in the bowl yeah, game? Yeah, like a Derek Brown or someone. And it doesn't help me to play in a bowl game because we're not in a playoff where, you know, like the bowl game is just another opportunity for, the guys get extra practice time in, but as a competitor, man, I want to live up all my experiences. I can live up. I know. You know, like I just don't want to tie everything to money because there's insurance plans that are in place that these guys can sign that if something was to happen, that they would be taken care of and everything. So it basically just comes down to do you want to, or do you not? And Sometimes it's not even the kids. Sometimes it's the agents that gets in these kids' ears and and tell them this and tell them that and sell them a a huge dream. And I'm all about reality, you know, know. and and I try to tell the guys based off our experiences or guys that I know from from that's been in their shoes before uh, to to communicate with them because that's someone that's been there before you. You know, why not learn from someone that's been through the same shoes rather than listen to someone. They only way they can make a dollar is they, if you make a dollar, you know? So it's just to the point right now that if I was these guys, I would have played in a bowl game. And my reason is you lost to New Mexico state and then you lost the iron bowl. Like your last two games in college is a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, You know? So I would want to play in a bowl game one to get that bad taste out of my mouth, try to go out as a winner in college uh, having a, a win as I go into my offseason training and everything, feeling good with some momentum to boost my stock. You know, exactly. like, like if I'm not first round guaranteed and I got an opportunity to go to the to the bowl game and boost my stock and go out there and put it on, put that helmet on one more time, my teammates and lace it up. And I got nothing to lose, but I got a lot to gain. If I go out here and have a huge game, man, I'm lacing it up. Totally. You know, just because in fact, like, what, what I got to sign? What my insurance papers at that I need to sign and make sure I'm taken care of? If that's something I'm worried about, I'm just going to pray about it and say, God, protect me and let's go. Exactly. You know what I'm because at the end of the day, you won't ever get this experience back. I still think about the Sugar Bowl. I still think about the bowl games that we played in. Like, mm-hmm. those are lasting memories yeah. that these guys won't get back and they're trading that in, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't get it unless I'm a top pick. I get it. Because at that point in time, you got to do what's best to secure yourself and make sure something crazy doesn't happen to you. The risk could outweigh it at that point. But I right, always go back right. to Derek as an example because everyone knew he was top five. Every, he was being projected mm-hmm. that on every list. He had every reason not to risk that game. But he it was literally not even a thought for him. He was like, of course I'm playing. Like, what? So I, I just – I hate that that's not the norm. Um, and I, I – you know – Jalen Simpson had a great season and I'm what's he projected like fourth, fifth right now, or maybe third. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but 
I know that this coaching staff was encouraging him to stay one more year. They really believed, obviously it benefits Auburn, but I do believe it would have benefited him too. And ultimately he, he made the decision to, to declare and, and I, we certainly wish him the best, but that one was disappointing. I was hoping that he was going to see the value in returning for one more year, but let's talk about some positives because a couple guys have announced their return and they are impact players. So I was pumped to see this. Eugene Asante, Keontae Scott, and Jalen McLeod will all be returning to that defense. And Rivaldo Fairweather, who certainly came on toward the end, became one of the most reliable targets for Peyton Thorne, is returning next year as well. So all of those are really great impact guys. You know they're going to be veteran presences. I was really excited to see Jalen McLeod, especially once I heard that Marcus was departing. As we all know, that defensive line is definitely a, a, a point of emphasis for this coaching staff as it sits right now. So uh, excited for those guys to return. Obviously, uh, Peyton Thorne will be returning. Jarquez Hunter has not yet made his decision. He is preparing to play in the bowl game and has told reporters and anyone that's asked that he will likely make his decision after the bowl game. So TBD on that one. As far as transfers... As expected, Robbie Ashford has entered the transfer portal as Peyton Thorne will be on board. Holden Gurner still on the roster, and we just signed Walker White literally a few hours ago. A few others have entered the portal. I think we're up to 12 right now. Austin Osbury, Wilkie Denod, Marquise Gilbert, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Jair Shorter, Steven Johnson, Steven Sings, Enos Sledge, Robert. Oh, sorry, that's an addition. Uh, Tyler from Omari Kelly. I think the the one that caught people most off guard, including your girl, would be Javarius Johnson. Um, I did not see that one coming. I know that he dealt with injury this past season that kept him out a little bit. But once he came back, it's very clear the difference that he made for this offense. And given the fact that his coaching staff is putting an emphasis on wide receivers in recruiting is certainly evident. And I think a lot of the wide receivers in that room probably had, you know, their awareness of that. But Javarius was the guy that was kind of the unspoken, uh, I mean, or spoken. Coach Freeze told me, like, he's he's our best dude that we've got in that room from an athlete perspective. So that one probably surprised me the most. I fully expected that Robbie was going to make that decision for himself. Um, but otherwise, give me your take on some of the uh, decisions as they sit right now. Yeah, you know, this time of the year is always going to be, you know, one or two that you lose that you didn't expect to. Yeah. And like I said, it had been great to get Marcus Harris to come back for another year. But, you know, in his heart, he felt like the best thing for him and his family was to move forward. So, you know, we wish him well. You know, same thing with, um, you know, like I said, we already knew DJ and Nehemiah was gone. Um who I'm missing? Somebody else. Jaylen. Oh yeah, Jalen, Jalen Simpson. Yeah, Jalen. Those two guys, you know, were pivotal to this defense. Know. You know, Marcus in that defensive line, and then Jalen. You, you miss his presence, and you know when he wasn't on the field. We found that out in the Georgia game. Exactly. When Rob Bowers went off in the fourth quarter because Jalen got nipped up right before the fourth quarter. So yep. those two guys are, are going to be tough shoes to fill. But trans transparent to your question now. You know, Javaris Johnson is one of those senior receivers that you was hoping that, you know, would stick around because when you bring in young guys, you know, like a Perry Thompson, a Cam Coleman, and we'll see what Ryan and some of the other guys decide to do, uh, Bryce Kane, you know, those guys come yeah. in, 
you need some veteran leadership, you know, to kind of help these guys along the way. You know, it's not like they're just coming in, you're just handing them the playbook and handing them the starting position. Like, you still got to work for it. You still got to grind. At the same time, sometimes these guys may feel like, oh, that's a threat to them, and they feel like they need to go ahead and make a move instead of realizing, sure. like, no, even if you go to the professional league, you don't think they signing people every year right trying to get better at every position like so yeah. there's always going to be competition and you always if you expect to play at that level and you expect to play for a long time you better get used to competition every single year and right. trying to do what you got to do to stay in the nfl so you know a lot of that comes into play but then i don't know javars was here for what four years i guess he just kind of want to take the opportunity and go somewhere else i saw that he's thinking about signing with utah and uh that's where Landon King went last year. They transferred mm-hmm. from Auburn. So I, I have to imagine both of them, both of those guys got on the phone and communicated with each other. And that's probably why he ended up in Utah um, yeah. and, and everything. So, but some of the other young guys that's transferring, like I said, some of them, you know, things don't start off immediately quickly for them. They feel like it's time for change and, you know, you just wish them the best, but sometimes I think you jump too soon, you know, just know. let things pan out, keep working. Yeah. Uh, but then some guys were told that it was probably best for them to look elsewhere. True. And you know, that's fair. You know, if I want if I'm a if I want if I'm a player, I want my coach to be honest with me. Like totally. Do I have a chance to play here or not? Because I only got so many years I can play. Like I want to make sure I can get an opportunity to play somewhere. And yeah. so and sometimes it requires honesty. Like, hey, you know, you're probably not gonna be here. And right. You have to respect that and just move on. Exactly. Yeah, that that's definitely an element of it that you can appreciate that a coach does have the opportunity to go to a player and say, look, I don't want you wasting this opportunity. And I'm telling you that we're putting an emphasis on this because this is what we're looking for. It's going to fit our system better. And we think it's in your best interest to go elsewhere. That's a very real conversation. And it's happening a lot, especially in a situation like Auburn, where a coach recently took over and inherited a roster that they did not build. So those conversations are pretty prominent. I just don't think that Jalen or I'm sorry, Javarius was one of those. I, I was I was surprised to see that because I know the coaches uh, really valued his his impact when he was healthy. Um, but we are literally, I mean, signing day is happening as we record this episode. I've been tracking some of the updates and some of the guys that obviously have been so highly covered, like Perry Thompson, Walker White, um, Amon Lane, a cornerback out of Birmingham. Several of those guys have already signed and are having their moment in their high school, and it's all kind of official. Cam Coleman, Dylan Gentry, one of the best offensive linemen that we've signed in a while. DeAndre Carter signed this morning. We've got a couple that we're still tracking that have said they likely will not sign today. Again, they they don't have to. This is early signing period. So look, it's it's shaping up to be a really impressive potentially a historic signing class for Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff. But let me ask you this question, because I think a lot of people are talking about it and a little bit concerned, as is the nature of college football right now. You're almost having to compromise one for the other. So in the same breath that everyone's saying, wow, this recruiting class is so impressive, they're also saying, why are we doing nothing in the transfer portal? We've only added two transfers, uh, a wide receiver from Georgia State, and I'm blanking on the other one, I do apologize. But the transfer portal has not been the point of emphasis for this coaching staff in the month of December. Truthfully, Hugh Freeze has said they're 
pretty intentionally foregoing any of the quarterbacks because they they believe in Peyton Thorne and they also the reality of it is they don't want to lose Holden or Walker right so you have to almost make that gamble as a coach right now which one you're kind of prioritizing you look at a program like Ole Miss Lane is getting transfers left right and center right now so clearly that's their approach to season we're going to get veteran proven players from all over the country and try and go win right now with the talent that we see on film now you've got some coaching staffs that say for the long-term success of this program we believe in recruiting youth and developing them under us. Talk to me a little bit about what you have been privy to in terms of this coaching staff's decision to put more of that emphasis on recruiting as opposed to the transfer portal as it sits right now. Keep in mind there's another spring window. You don't we don't know all the all the transfers at this point in time. There are still more to come and you kind of could evaluate your recruiting class when signing period is over and then see what you need in the portal. So uh, walk me through a little bit of what you think their line of thinking is with all of this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of coaches are saying you build through the, through the high school program and mm -hmm. which is true because you have guys that come in together, you know, Walker White, you know, he pretty much helped recruit Perry Thompson and Cam mm -hmm. Coleman and Bryce King and Malcolm Simmons. A lot of people don't remember this kid. He's, he's tough out of Alexander city. This kid can play um, yeah. and everything. So they've, they've signed, you know, four top guys, you know, and everyone's still trying to figure out, you know, what's next, but, I still think you go through the high school program because of the continuity, you know, the chemistry, getting guys to buy in a lot quicker because when you go to the transfer portal, you got to, you got to relearn this kid. You don't have time to get to know him. You don't have time to date him. As I would say, like when you're going through a dating process, like yeah. you literally get like three weeks to figure out who this kid is before you sign him to your, to your school, if he wants to come. And and is he coming because he's he he wants he fell in love when he came on a visit and he see great opportunities by being here with this program right or is he coming because he feel like this is the best financial decision for him to be here because if that's the reason then you're not going to get his best effort because he once he gets fed good then he's going to be happy you know yeah you want someone that's coming because one they feel like they fit in the program they like what they see they see they can be a great great value here and a great help and then, of course, from a perspective of they can make finances as well, that should be the last thing your last conversation be because of that. If you lead with that conversation, that kind of tells me where your mindset is. If right. you tell me you want to kind of get to know the coaches, you want to know the atmosphere, you want to get to kind of see if this is a place that you fit, you know, you can be happy at. If that's where you start your conversation at, then you're my type of guy, you know, just off of that reason. Um, I think you have to still go through the high school portal. I think transfer portal is, do I need a, is there a sudden need? And what I yeah. mean by that is there a position that, gosh, I don't have time to develop a young guy. I need to, like, my young guy just got in the signing class to get to that, what we need right now. And we may need another year or two before he's ready to fill those type of shoes. So we need a need right now, a sudden need. That's when right. I think you go to the transfer portal to fill sudden needs, just like Auburn did last year with the offensive line. That mm -hmm. was a sudden need, and they went and filled all those positions because they understood that um, and everything. So I, I just feel like that's where you go in the transfer. If I'm like old Miss situation. Lane, he's doing the opposite. He's saying, Hey, I know I'm going, I'm going, I'm sticking to the transfer portal. And that's what he's doing. And if I'm a high school kid coming out of high school, I may have to take a hard look at that and be like, 
do I really want to go there as a high school kid if I know that his main options are always going to portal? Right. Like, you know, like, so there's things you have to look at when you're in this. There's so many things high school athletes and parents have to look at nowadays, not just, oh, you know, you have to pay attention to those type of things. And I, I still would build through the high school program and I would, and I would just get sudden needs. I wouldn't just go crazy in a transfer portal, uh, just trying to grab guys. So what position group, given what we know right now about our recruiting class, as well as what the coaches have said in regards to the transfer portal, what position group do you still see the biggest need for? Uh, I think defensive line, uh, you know, because you lose Marcus Harris and, you know, Mosiah Akite, who only had a chance to play a couple of games and, you know, injury uh, hurt him. Uh, I think that position – you got to win games in the trenches Big time. and and everything. And Justin Rogers has still yet to make his decision whether he's going to try to go pro or come back to Auburn for another year. So mm-hmm. you probably won't hear about his decision to after the bowl game. So there's another guy that you up in the air about that you don't know what he's going to do yet. So you got, I think, I think we picked up a guy from Kansas, a defensive lineman from Kansas. I think we that guy transferred and committed to, to us. Um, I think, Gage you know, there's Auburn. Okay, yeah, so he's committed to come to Auburn and transfer a portal, so that gives us one more position, but I still think you need two more guys there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, see, be interesting to see what happens in the signing day today with LJ McCray, the kid that's committed to Florida, and yeah. he's 50-50 between Florida and Auburn. Uh, if we can get him, that would be a huge get. Uh, he's Agreed. one of those kids that's not only solid on the football field, but he's solid as a person. Uh, he's one of those kids you just love to be around uh, that would add to this program. Um, I know we had the Duke linebacker that was on campus visiting uh, mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Uh, not sure if he's committed yet. Uh, Jamon uh, from the Georgia linebacker was also on campus uh, as well. And, and you asked the question, man, why we got linebackers? You got Eugene, you got Asante. Uh, you got Eugene Asante. I mean, you got Austin Keys, you got Cam Riley, but you lost uh, you lost some guys. Yeah. Um, so you have no depth at that position, and you got to add depth to that position. So right. I think D line and linebacker are those two spots defensively, um, and probably one more edge rusher. Uh, when you think yeah. offense, when you think offensive, I think we could add another guard. I think we should add another guard. I think um, our tackles were pretty good on the edge with our tackles, but guard play we still can. We need more depth in in that position. Uh, like I said, receivers. Sure, you just brought in some big time receivers in high school. You yeah, know, I remember Devin being a, being on my Devin Romashadu being over my new Anthony Mitts, Courtney Taylor, and all those guys came in. They changed the program. Wow. All those big receivers. So hopefully this group can do the same. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this class what this class brings. It's 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 huge. Freeze first real class last year yes. was let's hurry and put something together. This year this is his first real class. So. This is the class we'll see uh, that pay off for Auburn football. It's a game of wanting immediate results, and I get that. And so you do kind of – you can't kind of be like Dabo and ignore the transfer portal and and be absolutely against partaking in it. But I agree with you. I think that looking at the needs that are still there and the very prominent absences that your recruits maybe are not ready to fill yet, then I I get it. But to literally – forego recruiting 
for the transfer portal, you're setting yourself to up to have to do it every year instead of having paved the way and laid the foundation for what's to come. So I'm excited about this group. Obviously, there's a, a couple departures that I'm disappointed in and I wish would have gone the other way, but I'm optimistic and I'm excited about the future. And uh, that also will include a bowl game, which we will preview hopefully next week. I know it's Christmas, so we'll have to reevaluate our schedule a little bit. But uh, one nugget that has already come out is that their quarterback, the brother of Tua Tungavaloa, I'm not entirely sure how to say his first name, has decided to opt out for that game. So it will be their backup quarterback leading the charge. So we will give you more of an in-depth preview on our next episode. And basketball season is in full swing. Jay, I know we are still so immersed in football. Have you been able to catch on any basketball games yet? Yes, Taylor. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a basketball fan. I you know, know basketball you are, but you're before busy dude. Like, hey, I have been busy. I've been I've been working a lot a lot lately. I know uh, late you hours, but at the same time, though, I still got to watch my basketball. I got to watch you. Auburn. Big game this past weekend against USC. Um, everyone know LeBron James' son was was coming to the arena, but I think it was bigger than that. It, it was the fact that this team showed up. And they played a tremendous football game. I mean, basketball game together. And I think I don't know why Auburn's not ranked yet. I just don't I understand. I, I know you lost to Baylor, but that game went almost down to the wire. We, we yeah. was winning that game with the last three minutes to go. And then, we, of course, we lost to App State on the road in App State in a hostile environment. And they caught us on a on a rough day. And but overall record though, and overall resume, you beat Indiana. Yep. You beat USC. You know, you, you've beaten a lot of good teams. You went up the – you beat Notre Dame. So, I'm not – I'm just trying to figure out why are we not ranked? Where, why is there so much hate against Auburn's basketball program to not rank them? Yeah. I'm just confused with that. But, you know, Caldwell probably had his best game he's had as an Auburn Tiger uh, this past weekend. You know, he was all over the, all over the court, you know, getting rebounds, dunking. You know, he brings the energy to the football, I mean, to he the basketball sure team. I will see. I, see, I tell you, we're still in football season. You, uh, you can't stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, but he brings so much energy. Aiden Holloway has been really good uh, shooting the outside shot. That's where we struggled at last year was outside yes. shooting. He has brought, uh, he has helped out big time in that area, which helps uh, Janai Broom down low because yep. now you can't just double and not – get it when you got that guy sitting out by the three-point line you can't double down as a guard you got to respect him so uh, i think our best is still in front of us i do like where this program is headed um and the energy was there like come on you know give it out to the 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 students you're out of the line (laughs) yes i wouldn't miss that line but heck no heck no but i'm so glad they do yeah i'm so glad that they're dedicated that way um but yeah, kudos to them because it's it's fall, it's Christmas break. They could be home. I know. And you no, know, some of them decided to come back and, and go to the game. Uh, I love of course, it. these kids live in they live in houses. Now, I don't know about you. I was in a dorm. Yeah, I, my I had first two years I was in a dorm. Yeah, these yeah. kids have houses now. In, in college, so, <laughs> it's a little different you know, for them this day. Yeah, yeah. 
But yes, definitely excited to dive into some basketball coverage. Gymnastics season is a few weeks away. They'll begin first weekend of January. And obviously, we've got a lot of good bowl games, the playoff, the national championship that we'll be covering as well. I will be on the call for the Birmingham Bowl this Saturday, Duke versus Troy, 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC. So if you're bored, tune in and uh, holla. And we will be back next week schedule permitting. I know it's Christmas. I don't know what day anything is, but we will certainly try to get you an episode out before the Music City Bowl to get you a better game preview uh, as the Tigers head up to Nashville, including Jason. We're just going to be missing each other. I unfortunately won't be here, but uh, it's sure to be another exciting Auburn taking over Nashville weekend. So everyone have a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy some time with family and friends and good food. And don't forget the reason for the season. So everyone have a Merry Christmas and a fantastic week until we talk again. War Eagle. Have a happy, jolly Christmas. Happy, jolly. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.